Kiara, ni hao and hello. Welcome to the Chewy Journal podcast. I'm your host Camille Yang. My guest today is Richard Reeds. He's a co-founder of Most Recommended Books, a voracious reader and a blogger. Richard also enjoys finance and building stuff. In today's episode, we discussed Richard's Zen meditation experience, most recommended books, competitiveness, and how to know yourself. I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to Reality, Richard. I heard about you have been doing a three-month meditation retreat. <laughs> Would you mind sharing what the program look like and what have you learned from this? Yeah, I started doing this、um, this retreat. It was three months and a week ago, so I'm staying an extra month. Oh, and it's a mountain cloud Zen center, and、um, I found out about it through the, there were two podcasts. There was the Sam Harris podcast, and there was the Kevin Rose podcast, and they both more or less at the same time interviewed the same guy. His name was Henry Shukman,、mm-hmm. and I found the interview super interesting. And I had always wanted to try Zen meditation. So like I, I had tried different types of meditation before,、uh, like transcendental meditation and mindfulness-based meditation. But I had never tried Zen, and I was always very curious about Zen.、Mm. So so I found out about this this teacher who lived right here. Because originally I wanted to learn Zen by traveling to Japan. I was going to do it last year, and then COVID happened. It didn't happen. So、uh, I found out about this guy who lives here, and he has a center here. And as soon as I heard the the, the interviews, I was sold. And and now I've been here for three months and and a week. So why Zen meditation? What's the difference between Zen meditation and other type of meditation? There are a few reasons. There, there's like a An aesthetic I like about Zen, but the, if I had to sum it up, I would say Zen combines like the things I like the most from different types of meditation. So, like broadly speaking, there are like two different types of meditation. One is broad awareness. You know, you're you're sensing your your breath, you're sensing body sensations. The mindful meditation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the mindfulness, and, and then there's a transcendental meditation, which is focus, which is like they give you a, a mantra. Mantra, yeah. And you just focus on the mantra. Zen kind of combines both in a way. They have、uh, a bit like, a, a, if I were to say, like a video game where they focus on. You have to get to this level. They they call it Jariki, which is like the level of concentration where you focus on body sensations, you focus on sounds, you focus on whatever is around you. And then once you you have reached that power of concentration, the teacher will give you what's called a koan, which functions very much like a, a mantra. In transcendental meditation, and the goal of the koan is to reach these other experiences that you know are very common in in many meditation traditions. But I like that Zen combines both, you know, instead of just one. So I was very interested in that, and then I started seeing Zen everywhere. I, I read. Steve Jobs' biography, and he was into Zen. I realized that Mark Benioff, who created Salesforce, changed his profile picture on Twitter to a, a Zen, <laughs> uh, uh, him in a Zen center. You know, so I, I started seeing it all over. Like I saw the Kevin Rose interview, so so I was like, okay, there's something here, and and all these. People are are into it. Let me go check it out, and and that's what I've been doing. Yeah, Zen is calling you. <laughs> I know. It's like all of a sudden, it's everywhere. So, <laughs>、yeah. so what's your daily routine like when you're doing this program? Yeah, it's quite simple. Like you wake up at、um, so I wake up at six thirty. There's a meditation from seven till eight. Um, and then it's a group meditation、yeah. or just yourself?、Oh, no, so, no,、yeah. group group meditation, and. Then、uh, there, there's another meditation from five thirty till six thirty, and then once a month they have a four day, which you know about the four day、yeah. uh, silent retreat, which is no talking, no reading, no no anything, just you and your mind, and and meditating about three to four hours a day or more, you know, three at least, and then、wow. more if you, if you want, and then talks with the teachers、uh, yeah. and and all that. So that's Pretty much the the program in a nutshell. Do you have a fear of missing out while on the four day silent retreat? Where you were like anxious about oh what's going on outside the meditation center? Well, when you run a startup, that's the reason. You know, <laughs> that's that's one thing. But but no, like 
because I know that the four days are coming, I always make sure that, you know, my team knows about it and we're prepared and mm-hmm. everything is set up. It's it's harder to do the four days where it's, you know, it's, it's complete silence. So you, you can't talk to anyone and you can't read, which is what kills me. Yeah. You know, if you could at least read, it would be easy for me, but, but you can't do that. And, and it's just supposed to be you and your mind. So that that is way tougher for me than the the fear of missing out because it's only four days right so yeah can you write or nope. no nothing oh wow yeah. so basically just yourself yeah but but it has this calming effect so at the end of the day i always experience this um very broad awareness the day is really tough for me you know because it's like a lot of meditation and and no activity nothing so so it's really hard for me and i'm like counting the seconds for the day to be over but as soon as the day is over and like i lay in bed after a full day of silence you get this broad awareness and and perspective and it just makes everything so clear in your head you know so like when running my startup during those four days i i i sometimes see things where in my day to day, I don't see it. But then the, those four days of silence, suddenly everything just becomes clear. And you're like, oh, wow, like I, I never noticed this, but it's so obvious right now. And then you get some pretty cool experiences during those four days, like some, some interesting, you know, almost psychedelic-like experiences. So that's pretty cool. Wow. Can you sh- tell me some more details about the experience? Yeah, it's oh. it's hard to describe. Like it's, it's kind of like a, I see this with people who have uh try psychedelics how hard it is to describe the actual experience it's the same with Mm -hmm. this where this last retreat while i was sitting and meditating something just happened something just clicked where it suddenly felt like i I looked up at the window and i saw a, a cloud and it suddenly felt like how do I put this? You know how like on the day to day you feel like you're inside your Mm -hmm. mind and then you, you, you hear sounds or you see see. things in the, uh, in the distance. Suddenly it it didn't feel like I was inside my mind anymore. It felt like I was this consciousness, you know, uh, and it was just my, let's call it awareness. Mm -hmm. So that's all there was. And everything was happening inside of my awareness. So the cloud was inside my awareness. The sounds were inside my awareness. It didn't feel like it was me looking at things outside anymore. It felt like I was this broad awareness and everything, everything was inside of it. So, so you kind of feel like, yeah, yeah. emerged with the universe, with your surroundings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have a lot of that in Zen where it's like oneness and emptiness Uh and, you know, everything is empty, but everything is one. It's it's kind of paradoxical, but, but these experiences are quite common Mm -hmm. in, in the Zen tradition, you know? So, so that was an interesting thing that happened, you know, and, um, I don't know if you've read the book 10% Happier no. by this guy, Dan Harris. Heard about it. I haven't he a, read it yet. Yeah. That's a fun book. If you if you really want to start with meditation, like that's a, the, a fun book to begin uh, because he came at it from a very skeptical perspective. Like he was a super skeptical guy and he discovers meditation and he tries his first 10-day retreat. And somewhere in the middle of that retreat, he just experienced this crazy psychedelic, like, you know, super skeptical guy, which, which is, which is good, you know, cause like a lot, a lot of times when you read these, those Dharma books or, or, or meditation books, it's, it can quickly delve into woo woo, you know, it's like suddenly they're talking mm-hmm, about energies true. and spirits and whatever. So yeah, yeah. I like when I, I start a book that was written by a, a skeptic and Dan Harris definitely fits that that mold. And the fact that that's how he begins the book and by the middle of the book, he's experiencing this, you know, he called it the best high in his life. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so so if you want to understand more about, about those experiences, I, I highly recommend that book. He explains it far better than I could. Yeah. Before you join this program, do you have any goals you want to achieve, like achieving enlightenment <laughs> or epiphany, this kind of I don't know about thing. enlightenment. But uh, <laughs> no, I, I wanted the focus for sure because that's uh, one area that I wanted to work on most was, was my focus. So that's where I started. But there's also, I, I was interested in the intuition side of things. So about... Two years ago, I, I 
started this uh, program called Lambda School, where they, they teach you how to code in six months. During the program, I read this book called A Mind for Numbers by Barbara Oakley, I believe is her name. And in the book, she, she talked about something very interesting, which was using your intuition to solve problems. So you struggle with a problem, you struggle with a problem. You know, it's like, um, you've probably experienced this in school or, or whatever, if, you've done, if you did math, where you, you have a math problem or, or any type of school problem and you're trying to solve it, you're trying to come up with the solution, yeah. can't find it. Suddenly you, you go for a walk or you, you take a nap or, you know, whatever, and suddenly the solution just appears. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and I was fascinated by that because while I was learning how to code, I read that book and I was trying that. I was like, okay, let's see this. So I, and I remember having these experiences where I'm, I'm struggling with a problem and I'm trying to solve it at the whiteboard and the solution just won't come. <laughs> but then I, 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 I vividly remember the first time it happened. I went to a walk, I walked to Trader Joe's and the solution just appeared. And, and I was like, okay, that's interesting, you know. So, so I, I thought, how how can I cultivate this? How can I use this 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 um, newfound superpower more? And so I read um, Ray Dalio's book Principles, and he talks about that. He talks about meditation being his uh, avenue to, towards achieving that state of of um, intuitive problem solving. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then Steve Jobs was the same thing. He yeah. he, he he believed that intuition was his superpower. You know, um, and he cultivated it in many ways. He tried a bunch of drugs. You know, he 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 meditated quite a lot, quite a bit. He he followed gurus and all this stuff because he wanted to develop the power of his intuition. Yeah. Uh, so so I was like, okay, all these people are kind of hinting at the same thing. So I I, I thought in order for me to find out more about it, you know, let me join a three month meditation course and see how it goes yeah. yeah Ray Dalio was a guy like brought me to the meditation because after I read the principle I joined the transcendental meditation program right same yeah same. yeah and also I, th I think you shared with me a quote from Steve Jobs about the like mud water you need to let the mud sink to the bottom then you can see the clear water is it? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if that was Jobs or I think it was from Tim Ferriss. And, and I think about that a lot when meditating. It feels like your your mind, you know, you're you're in the choppy waters. And then when you meditate, sure. it feels like you're sinking to the bottom. And the more you sink, the calmer things get. And when you're when you reach the floor of let's say the ocean, then mm -hmm. things just become so much clearer. You know, the the power of just quieting your mind is is quite interesting to me and that's something that I, I i try to learn more about and it and it helps with business some of the best ideas i've had for most recommended books have come from just a place of, of stillness so speaking of uh, most recommended books you are the one of the founder of that website yep. what motivates you to build this website and what problem are you thinking to solve originally it was just a fun thing that i started with uh, one of my best friends anurag who's also one of the best programmers i know oh, wow. we, we would talk before about starting something together three years ago something we decided to give it a try you know to, to let's just build something together but we had one rule which was we'll try something and if it doesn't work in within 30 days then we'll just kill it try something else so like don't get romantic about any idea just try 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 yeah. until something hits right and uh, and you know this well because i got that idea from Derek, uh, Derek Sivers. Sivers. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, i knew you would know so that, that's who i got the idea from yeah. i also got the idea from the facebook effect so like the 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 book on mark zuckerberg it, it said how he he started Dozens of projects at, at Harvard until he hit one that worked well, which is Facebook. And even after he hit Facebook, he was still trying other stuff. He, he tried this. Um, I forgot what the name was. It was like hug something. It was another project after Facebook because okay. he thought this Facebook thing wasn't going to work. But Facebook was already growing. Yeah. You know, so like this guy was just trying, trying, trying a bunch of things. So I was like, you know, let's let's just follow the same formula. So we, we tried a project. After 30 days, there was no real traction, so we, we got rid of it. Another project, no traction. And then most recommended books. And within the first week, most recommended books was already making money and it, and people were sharing it. So I was like, okay, you know, that, that was a Derek Severs thing, right? Uh -huh. So so 
I thought this is interesting and, and what will happen if we just focus 100% on this? So that's what we've been doing for the last almost two years. It's almost been two years of MRB. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I remember Tim Ferriss recommend this website <laughs> on his newsletter. Yeah. That's how we met each yes. other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's so good. I'm a blogger. So a lot of my readers ask me, oh, which book do you recommend? I know. I, I always see your name on my website. Like I always see people visiting your page because oh, wow. we have your recommended books. <laughs> so sometimes I check analytics and I'm like, oh, people are visiting her page. Yeah. yeah all the time. So. Oh, that's good. So that's, uh, yeah, that's nice. <laughs> so for sure. So what's the long-term plan for this website? It's a bit of a, a training ground because uh, we didn't decide we didn't want to raise any money for this because it's not a it's not venture-backed type of startup mm -hmm. I, I still believe uh, Anurag and I have a, a venture-backed startup idea in us that we'd like to work on later but for now I think most recommended books is teaching me all the motions of running mm -hmm. a startup like it's um, you know I'm, I'm learning about finance I'm learning about law I'm learning about talking to users, I'm learning about design, learning about SEO. So the idea of most recommended books is really to, oh, you you know this, you, have you read Tim's Tim Ferriss's uh, Four Hour Work Week? Yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> he talks about the concept of the muse. Uh -huh. So that's most recommended books. It's like something that is just out there and makes enough money to pay for our lifestyles, you know, while we can uh, work on other things. So really the idea with most recommended books is to, give us you know not just that but also give us the the experience of of um running something you know that that teaches you lessons in law and finance and design and you know so through this i'm learning all the the basics of running a startup and that's that's really the the idea with with uh, mrb mm -hmm. which is why we haven't raised any money which is why we're just like there but but the cool thing is like we are profitable and we are growing and all this stuff comes from trying 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 you know a whole bunch of different things so so that's what it's it's helping us with yeah what's the most common theme in the most recommended books what genres and uh, what's the top three books people recommend oh i have that list mm -hmm. uh, i have that list there's a lot of um a lot of biographies you know oh, okay a, a yeah. lot of biographies history books like the top three books two of them are history-ish right so so you have men's search for sapiens meaning. yeah yeah so sapiens which is a history book and then men's search for meaning which is a uh -huh. biography-ish you know book so those are the top two most recommended of all time and then you have uh, tim ferris's for our work week so there's there is quite a bit of of, of those types of more or less self-help books are quite diverse yeah. yeah but usually biographies are the that's that's what i see quite often uh -huh. Blame Tim Ferriss. I used to work very comfortably in a corporate world after reading his book, quit my job, uh, <laughs> travel around the world, start my own business. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah, just jump that out of my Tim Ferriss. comfort zone. Yeah. But I do feel the, feel the fulfillment. You'll definitely do that. Yeah. My life is much happier than before, although it's not comfortable. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, he'd love to. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. He's, that book, yeah, for our work with was the uh is the, is the third most popular oh, it, it's it's yeah and you'll, you'll find it always on like the amazon bestsellers list it's okay. always yeah somewhere there you know so so it's, it's a really big big uh big book and and uh well done and it inspired most recommended books right so it's you know it's effective i had seen other people that i i follow who were influenced by that book so like the guy who started quest Do you oh know okay quest? yeah i know quest yeah i forgot his name i just blanked on it uh, Tom Tom Bilio, so like a, a for our work week influenced him, you know. So uh, these people that I follow had uh, you, you, the Tim Ferriss effect has touched a lot of lives, you know. So so that book is is definitely in the is definitely in the top three, and, and yeah, a lot of history, a lot of that type of books. So so when you running your own business, do you have any self doubt? Being a startup founder can be very tough, especially when you're a first-time startup founder. Have you encountered any challenges that trigger you have self-doubt and how do you overcome that? You definitely encounter challenges. You always will, right? So it's, 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 uh, you're always going to... But I feel like the self-doubt uh, thing, of course you have that. Everyone says like running a business is super hard and it's super hard, but I think the super hard part is the 
the human side of it, like your doubt, your fears, your you always go to the worst case scenario. You're always drifting between either uh, euphoria or or dreadery. Like you, it's it's there's no in between. Like you're either like best day ever or worst day ever. And I find that's the hardest part of the startup because the basics of it. Uh, I always find the more machine like you become, the more objective you become, the easier the problems in the startup become because it's like if you really think about it the 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 basic goal of a a startup or a business is is to make money right you just want to make more than you're spending and that's it you know and then you want to grow that Mm -hmm. that's it right that that's like super simple yeah first principle right and so but then when you're going through it you're like oh my god what about the fears why why did i quit my job why did i do what if we don't make more you you know you, you go through this very human fear and I find that that's the hardest part is like managing your, yourself is, is the hardest part for me because the problems that I encounter with most recommended books, if I write them down on paper or I try to be objective, they become easier to, um, to solve, right? It's like, I'm worrying about this. I'm worrying about this. And then it's like, wait, what's the problem? Okay. You know, like this thing, uh, this is costing more money than I was expecting. How, uh, then the, the, the question becomes, how can I make it cost less? Yeah. How can I make more to, to, to pay for this? Uh, so, so it becomes very simple when you put it in a, an objective way. And this goes back to the meditation where the meditation will just calm down your crazy <laughs> mind. And, yeah. And yeah. if you were like, like a computer, like an algorithm, it, it becomes very obvious, you know, very, it becomes much simpler to, to solve the problems. And, uh, and then it's like, you have to work 24 7 right you have to work all the time mm-hmm. that, that that if i remind myself to do both those things you know like constantly be objective and work super hard things are generally fine you know but if i if i let go and if my mind takes over then you know the fears start appearing and it's and and it doesn't really help sometimes it helps you know the the fear just shows you that something has to change but most of the time, it's like once you thought about the problem once, you know, and, and then you, you try to think about a solution, it, that should be it. But if you're repeating the problem over and over and over and over and, and the fears keep repeating, then it becomes like that to me is the hardest part about running a business. It's, it's, it's your own mind. Do you have a system or daily routine to support you? Well, right now I'm meditating two hours a day. Yes. Uh, <laughs> But, but also like the constant reminder to, to be objective and the meditation helps with that because none of this is, is rocket science, right? It's like, you know, just make more money than you spend and grow it. <laughs> and yeah. it, it's not, it's not something that's super complex. It's not easy, right? It's, it's, it's hard, but it's not an impossible, you know, you're not breaking any laws of physics. So you just have to remind yourself to, to constantly be objective and meditating helps with that reminding myself, you know, like put it as your phone screen or something like be objective, <laughs> you know, like whatever it is to, to remind you of, of that. that, that's more or less my, my daily routine and working out. Right. Cause it's like after running, my mind just calms down. I say, so, yeah, it's helped. Yeah. yeah. It reminds me about Ray Dalio's approach because he kind of regard himself as a machine. So right. he try not to get emotion dominate his work yeah yeah i think it's very helpful yeah my worst decisions were emotional fear-based you know it's like oh my god like the, the, this competitor is doing this let's let's quickly do something <laughs> and then you make a mistake right so yeah. th- those have been my 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 worst decisions and my best decisions have always been from a place of you know a higher level of this is what's happening this is what we want to make happen how do we get there you know, and then you try something, it doesn't work, try something else, doesn't work, but eventually you, you get there. And that's the calmer I am, the better it is for, for the business. Yeah, that's great. So you mentioned Larry Ellis <laughs> is one of your, <laughs> one of your big heroes. So what traits of him that appeal to you? When you look at the Silicon Valley founders, right? Like the Mount Rushmore, you have, uh, you have Gates, you have Jobs, you know, you have Larry Page and Zuck. And these guys are very different from me. The The way they speak and the way they act is, is very different from the way, you know, like Jobs is very much about changing the world, making the world a better place, building great products. And then you have Gates, 
who Gates is a very like technical, you know, he, he's been coding since he was born. Same thing for Zuck, you know, so, so I couldn't relate too much to, to these guys because my personality is much more competitive and openly competitive. Like, you know, uh, uh, mm-hmm. I'll talk about my, my competitors, you know, on, on social media. And, and so, so I was like, when, when I first came to Silicon Valley, I was like, man, maybe I shouldn't do a, a tech business because I'm nothing like these guys, you know, um, but then I discover Larry Ellison and I discover Travis Kalanick and I discover Mark Cuban. And I'm like, okay, these are people that I can, cause I'm a, you know, I'm a competitive, competitive guy. Like I was a competitive swimmer. I, I used to, to swim oh, wow. and yeah. yeah. Uh, um, and, and I used to play chess. So I, I've always loved competition. And then I find these guys who are also super competitive, you know, so, so Larry Ellison is just one that I really connected with because his, uh, you know, he was like Steve Jobs' best friend. He's been, he, he, he was the longest running CEO in Silicon Valley. He's openly competitive, which I love, you know, it's his personality is something that it, he's also funny. Yes. He's not your typical tech founder. And that's something that I loved, you know, it's like something that I really attached myself to. Cause I was like, okay, here's someone who, talks the way I talk and who acts the way I, and, and, and so. Like a role model. <laughs> it kind of, yeah, yeah. It yeah, kind yeah. of became someone where I'm like, okay, if, if he runs a tech business, that means that I, you know, if there was no, no Allison, I would be like, maybe tech is not for me, you know, cause, cause none of these guys are like me, but because there is an Allison, I'm like, okay, cool. So, so I, this is, I do belong here, you know? And, and so, so I've read all his biographies and all that's like his, his philosophies are very much, similar to mine so so that's why that's why I, and he has a fascinating story you know like being best friends with steve jobs for over two decades is, is just super interesting to me yeah i listened to the uh, three episodes you recommend me from the founders podcast person <laughs> story i haven't read all his uh, biography yet but it's on my list <laughs> that's funny because i i actually told david who created the founders podcast I, I sent him one of the Larry Ellison books and I said, you should read this for the podcast. <laughs> and he read it and he liked it so much that he ended up reading. There's only like three biographies on Ellison. So he ended up reading all three of them yeah, for his podcast. Yeah. yeah. Cause he just became a fan, you know, like this guy is a super interesting, super interesting guy and very complex, you know? So, so that, that's uh, that makes it even more interesting for me. Yeah. So where does your competitiveness come from? Have you ever thought about that? Uh, this is like a therapy session. It, it came from, uh, I, I know where it came from, right? Uh, well, uh, two places. One, like I was bullied in school a lot because growing up every three years, we'd change schools because my mom traveled a lot. There was a lot, moved around a lot and always getting to a new school, you know, like the kids are not going to be very nice to you. So so yeah. that that was one one drive of, of my competitiveness. I always wanted to be better, you know? So like when I, when I started playing chess in school, I said, I wanted to beat everyone. And I, and I did, I became the captain of the chess team. And then when I started swimming, I was like, I want to be better than everyone. And, and I did, I was the best swimmer in, in definitely the, um, top three in the South of Spain. Oh, wow. You know? And the top two guys were Olympic swimmers. Wow. You know? So, so, <laughs> so I, I, I just, there was, there was this chip on my shoulder, right. Mm-hmm. Where I, I just wanted to. And the second one is, is my father who, you know, he, he's a successful businessman, but you know, as a father, he was always very critical of everything that I do. You know, every time I would do something that I would find pretty cool, he, he would always, you know, Oh, that's not enough. That's not good enough. That's never good. It's quite like Larry mm-hmm. Ellison's father. Uh, yeah, that's another, that's another reason I connected with, with Ellison, yeah. right? It's like, we both had a, <laughs> interesting fathers you know when when i started my blog when i started my medium blog i was like oh my god dad like i have a whatever it was like i have five followers or five likes in my last uh post and he's like that's nothing let me know when there's a hundred and then i did a hundred and he's like that's nothing let me know when there's a thousand one of my blog posts uh how to think like a programmer became top 10 medium all time you know it was one of the top 10 medium blog posts uh, of all time and it was it i think to this day it's still the the most popular free code camp 
post. Cool. You know, and Free Code Camp is like this huge publication. My dad was like, okay, but you know, these these blogs don't make any money. So uh, <laughs> let me know when you're... So, so then I start most recommend the books and now it's making money. So, you know, it's like he's constantly, no matter what I do, it's it's, it's never, ever, ever good enough, right? So that's <laughs> another... Yeah. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, like the, those two things have uh, driven me. So I, I took the, you know, I don't know if I would raise my kids that way, mm-hmm. but <laughs> it worked for me, right? It's like, it, it definitely made me... Um, more competitive and and definitely focus on 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 uh, achieving things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mentioned that you move around a lot, so you can speak multiple languages. Yeah, um, like you. Uh, I can only speak three. <laughs> Probably two and a half. Yeah, mine's yeah. four, so it's only one more. Than <laughs> <laughs> I find it very interesting when I speak different languages. My personality changed. Oh yeah, same. And. Uh, you, you also found this one, yeah. Can you give me an example, like when you speak Spanish or Portuguese, what is it like? It, it's funny. Yeah, I don't know if you noticed this too. Like people are also different when you speak. Uh, so, so like if, if I'm in uh, talking to someone in English, but it turns out their first language is Spanish and I'm like, oh, I speak Spanish. Suddenly they change as well. They're like uh-huh. nicer, you know, it's, it's you, you, you automatically connect with <laughs> oh, okay. the person if you both speak the same language, especially if it's their first language, you know, and uh, my personality changes. Yeah, my it's funny that that, it, that is true. Where like my my Portuguese is much softer because I speak to my family. I only speak to my family in Portuguese. So I'm much like softer. Okay, my my yeah. English is is the one that I'm most comfortable with, right? Because I've lived here for for ten years now, mm-hmm. and I studied in English schools. So so, and I like reading in English. I like doing everything in English because it's that's the the universal language, right? If you have English, you don't really need mm-hmm. the other languages, at least uh, at least for me. So um, that's the one that I've put the most work into uh is my english so i feel i feel like my english version is is me you know and then my other <laughs> versions are like you know i speak portuguese with my family so you'll see my family side and you know spanish and, and french with friends so you see like a more you know friendly <laughs> version but 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 there's definitely a a change in personality that comes with yeah it. and you know that yeah so. very interesting in this I grew up like speaking Chinese and read a lot of Chinese books I find it's easier for me to read Chinese and learn but when I read English reading speed just drop dramatically and uh, I need to read a couple of times to learn yeah the same happened to me I I remember like I remember going through that and then just forcing myself to watch movies in English with the subtitles so that if they say something I know and music, music was a big, yes. you know, a big help. Cause, uh, um, especially hip hop, okay. where like I would listen to something. I have no idea what they just said. And then trying to memorize the lyrics was a, a huge boost in my, my English. But I remember going through that, like, cause I was more comfortable with French, but then I, I was like, you know what, like English is, a more popular language and more people speak it. So I should probably focus more on, on, on this. And I think it was the right decision, especially because there's like interesting books that come out and, you know, they mostly come out in English or if they become bestsellers in another country, if, if like three body problem is a good example, right? It, it becomes a bestseller uh, uh, in China and then they translate it to English, right? So if it becomes a bestseller somewhere else, it's going to be translated to English, yeah. right? Whereas there are books where I want to share with my mom, but they don't have the Portuguese version, mm-hmm. you know? So so, so I, I think like English, uh, that was the right language to, to focus on, even though French was my, my most comfortable one for a while. Oh, I see. Yeah, that's why I switch my podcast into English and switch my blog into English as well. <laughs> if I were to start again, I would like see the list of the most popular languages in the world english and chinese are like the top two and then i would just focus on like the top four or five you know just memorize the top four or five and you can try so you have two out of the uh, out of the top four or five so that's that's really good <laughs> yeah chinese <laughs> is so hard to learn uh, yeah i would say yeah yeah oh, i was I so lucky to born in china to learn it i uh, trust me i, I mm-hmm. lived in beijing for two months or more and yeah. it was very difficult to learn and very easy to forget. Yeah, know? if you don't practice, <laughs> you just forget. It just disappeared completely. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I still know a few like 
I still know a few basics, but, but it's different from like, I know Portuguese and Spanish. And if you know one, learning the other becomes oh, much easier. easy. Yeah. Same with Italian. Oh, so it's like those three languages are so similar where even if I forget some Spanish, I can always like try a Portuguese word and, you know, nine times out of 10, it's going to work. Whereas with Chinese, there's like <laughs> nothing for me to hang on to, you know? So, so that was a, that was a, Yeah. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> That was... <laughs> I don't know if you read Ted Jiang, his book, A Story of Your Life. Oh, yeah. And it's turned this book into uh, Arrival, the movie. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a bunch of uh, sci-fi stories, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. So he mentioned the languages can change your thinking. Like mm -hmm. the story. Oh, yeah, Arrival. Yeah, yeah Arrival, yeah. yeah. So once you master that language, you probably can see the world in a different perspective. Yeah, that's how I'm fascinated with people who can speak different languages. I'm very interested in their mind. They probably see the world very different from people who can only speak one language. Yeah, there's a there's definitely like some something interesting that happens when you have a word for a thing, but then the word doesn't exist. And mm. like in, in Portuguese, we have what I think is the most beautiful word, which is saudade. Saudade. Yeah, which there is no English word to replicate that word, but it, it means like you miss something, like to miss something. It's a very beautiful, uh -huh. you know, poignant word, but but they don't have a, a same that exact word for English or Spanish or you know or French. So so that that's interesting, right? Where I like I have this concept in my mind, but I cannot express it in the same way. So so I, I find that interesting. And you've shown me some 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 words in Chinese. Huh? I, I forgot. forgot. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I forgot. You showed me one word that I found super interesting. I don't know if it was like competitive uh -huh. or something like that. It was like I, I forgot what it was, but but you showed me something oh, that, okay. that I found interesting. <laughs> it was a while ago. So, <laughs> but but they don't have that word in English. See, so that's the that's the problem. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> Sometimes when I write article in English, it's just ah, oh, I need to like do a translation. Or yeah, it's oh, pretty yeah. hard. Yeah, yeah, that's a tough one. So when you move around, you make a lot of friends from different culture backgrounds. How do you know who, who is your community? Because you know, when you travel around or move around, you probably lost touch with your old friends. Will you feel lonely or would that bother you? Because for me, I moved from China to New Zealand to the UK, but... Uh, Especially during the COVID, I feel I don't have a solid offline community to support me. I know it's important, but uh, yeah, it's just hard. I don't know if from your own background, do you have this loneliness or nobody quite knows you, this kind of feeling? Definitely. I, I do see myself as a pretty solitary person, but it, it's kind of by design because when I moved, it was every three years. From since I was born, <laughs> from since I was born. So there's no, <laughs> wow. I don't have the, you know, I see friends who've like, they have a friend that they've known since they were kids or since high school, you know, this, these, these are high school friends. I don't have that. I don't, I don't have someone or a group of people that I've known my whole life. Right. Because every three years it, it changes. Right. So, so it, it already made for a pretty lonely, like high school was not fun for me ever. Mm. But nowadays, I feel like though I'm still a pretty solitary person, especially like starting a startup, right? I, uh, you want your startup to go well. Here's how you do it. You have no love life, no social life, no family <laughs> life, and your startup will do well. You know, so, so and, and I'm pretty good at, at applying that lesson. But, but I, I do have a, a very tight group of friends. Like I, I could count on one, maybe two hands my real friends, you know, like my roommate, like he's my best friend, you know, my co-founder is one of my best friends, you know, but, yeah. but there's only like five of these people, you know, it's, it's very, very, a, a very small number, but it, but it is a tight number, but these aren't people that I've known my whole life. So, you know, the oldest I've probably known for maybe eight years, eight to 10 years, you know, so, uh, you know, and I'm, and I'm almost 30. So, so there, there's, there's that, but you, you mentioned the community, thing right with and um there's nothing online and that is something that i i found was important uh when i did the lambda thing or the the coding, yeah, the coding camp yeah. i spent six months without seeing any other person 
you know, I, I, I had a girlfriend at the time, so like she would come visit, but that was it. For six months, I wouldn't see a single soul. And I was just locked in my apartment studying programming, right? And I was like, why am I so miserable? Why am I so sad? <laughs> and I had no idea. I was, I was totally, you know, because in my mind, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to focus. I'm going to be a robot. I'm going to do this. I'm yeah. going to be the best programmer. And suddenly I was like, man, why am I so sad? Like, and I was gaining weight. I was like, what, what is going on here? And then I, I um, actually a recommendation from, from Ferris, like from Tim Ferris was, uh, he, he recommended in, uh, either in his newsletter newsletter or his podcast was this book called tribe oh yeah by, i think uh, i've read that before yeah, yeah tribe by sebastian junger yeah. which is one of my favorite books it's like a really short book you, you can read it in a day but but it really after reading that book i was like oh my god i'm such an idiot it's so obvious why i'm feeling <laughs> down it's like i need a, a com- i was living by myself so i haven't lived by myself yeah. since oh, wow. i read that book that was a mistake like being by myself even though it increases productivity over the short term, over the long term, productivity will decrease because you're you're constantly sad and you don't know why. So, um, and, and that book sure. kind of talks about um, times in human history where people were going through really tough, uh, a really tough moment, but they miss those times. So, like, why do soldiers, you know, come back and they miss the war? Or, or uh, one of the examples in the book was like during the, the Blitzkrieg in London when they were getting bombarded by the, the Germans, uh, people would hide in tunnels and uh, uh, underground. And it was like some people miss those days. And it's like, why do you why do you miss those? Are you crazy? <laughs> like, and, and he interviewed one woman in the book and her, her answer to that question was because during those days we were always together. And, you know, we, we, we would sit around a fire yeah. and we would sing and we would laugh and we would, you know, even though we were yeah. getting bombarded by by this hitler guy like we we were happier because we were all you know suffering together so so i was like oh my god so that's the thing like if you want to be happy even during tough times you you need this 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 community and it's worked fantastically for me right so i haven't lived alone since yeah and now that i'm doing the the meditation retreat there's a community here you know so i've done my best never to 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 be alone and I never want to do that again. You know, so that's yeah, <laughs> oh, that's good advice. Yeah, I should do that. Because yeah. <laughs> I found out that all my friends are online uh, friends now. Yeah, I hardly have any offline yeah, friends. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, yeah. it was yeah, tough for me for, for, those, for six months. You know, it was like for, for six months, mm-hmm. I was like, uh, like really down. And I've always been a pretty solitary guy. But yeah. there's a difference between... Uh-huh being solitary and seeing your friends every now and then and just being completely not seeing a single soul for six like that was so you know i, uh, I was like okay <laughs> i am solitary but not as much as i thought yeah yeah i like to talk about the personality test is that the, <laughs> the way you you know yourself or do you have any other ways to help you know better about yourself what's your desire and what do you want to achieve well you know this it came from ray dalio oh he created a personality did test. you take it yeah i, I think <laughs> what am i i can't event inventor yeah that i i, I took that test i took the big five uh-huh. i took the neogram <laughs> you know because it's like the, the, there are tests and tests right like some of these tests are apparently not super n- none of them are 100 percent accurate right but some are more accurate than others. So if on one side you have astrology, like super not accurate, I would guess. On the other side, the most accurate we have would be the big five, okay. you know, uh, at least according to whatever I've read online. So I, I took the big five. I, I took the Dalio test. I took the Enneagram. And they all kind of, you know, because you take one yeah. test and it, it it's not accurate. It's not 100% accurate, but it's somewhat accurate. And then... But then if one test says you're competitive and then another test says you're competitive and then the other test says, <laughs> chances are, <laughs> you know, so, so yeah. that's why I took those three and um, I tried to focus on what are my strengths. So one thing that I discovered through most recommended books and then through the tests was mm. what drives me the most. And, and that was really important for my business, which was. When I'm when I'm starting most recommended books, one of the things that uh, I'm reading constantly on in blogs and online I, it are is that advice that you know, which is uh, focus on your customers, not on your competitors. You know, so I tried that, 
but it didn't work for me. So, <laughs> so I was like, yeah. everyone's telling me focus on customers, not competitors, but, but it, it didn't work for most recommended books. And then once I started focusing on competitors and I created like this leaderboard of like, who's winning, that's when most recommended books really started doing well. Oh, wow. So knowing myself and knowing that I am competitive. And then mm-hmm. when you, and then it made sense when I looked at my story, right? I told you about the swimming. I told you about playing chess. I told you about like my blog. Every time I have a, a clear objective or clear person, like this is who we want to beat. Mm-hmm. That's when I perform my best, you know? And the test just helped make it clearer for me. Cause it's like, it's very hard to know yourself, you know, unless, mm. unless uh, other people tell you or, or these tests, right. What something I found interesting about Ray Dalio with these tests was when he compared it to like a CV, a person's curriculum vitae. Like if, if, if you're going to hire someone and you read their CV, they're just going to write the best things about them, right? It's like, I'm great, <laughs> exactly. I'm great, I'm great. Yeah, every every CV looks the same. They, they all look great. But if you give them these personality tests and you kind of triangulate different tests, you can get a much better picture of the person than just by reading their CV, mm. you know? And so I found that super interesting. So now like all, all my friends have taken the tests, you know, yeah. so I, I said it to like everyone. So, so I, that, that's something that I've, I found interesting. The only issue with the test is how accurate they are. None of them are hundred percent accurate. So mm-hmm. you, yeah, you, true. To, you need to do a multiple. Yeah. I'll take yeah. it with a grain of salt, you know, cause, cause even at Bridgewater, like you take the test and they give you this, this card, they say like, you know, Camellia, she's competitive, she's creative, she's whatever. But then you're constantly also getting um, uh, scored. They have this thing where people will say, well, you know, she, she wasn't very reliable in this area. Or she wasn't very, or she did great in this area. So they give you the card, but they're also constantly changing because people change, right? If, if you want to be more creative, you know, taking an art class for six months is probably going to help. You know? so, so you're constantly changing. So I found that interesting as well. But it gives you a clearer picture of a person than any other option. It's not 100%, but I can think of a better option than, than that. Do you think meditation also help you to know yourself better? So you have a time to reflect on yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Because you're constantly, not, not when I was meditating before, but like during these three months, and talking to a meditation teacher really helps. Yeah, that's something I like about Zen. This is why I, I couldn't learn Zen through an app. All the other meditation practices I learned through through an except TM, right? TM, you also have to be given a mantra. Yeah. But uh, with Zen, it has to be a teacher, and every week you meet with the teacher and they ask you questions. You know, oh, so okay. through that, I I got to know myself. He he would ask questions that I I didn't even think about you know so and then and then he would tell me pay attention to that and I I would sit down and meditate and it's like the same thing over and over again happening over and I'm like wow I've been thinking about the same thing for three four days in a row and and it's I'm just replaying the same scene in my head over and over and and that's interesting because now you you see a side of yourself that you normally don't pay attention to but then it just becomes Mm -hmm. it just becomes obvious and there's um I'll end with this. There's a, there's a cool book called uh, The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. I think it's one of the top books on, on MRB. But, uh, but The Untethered Soul, he talks about like it, it, some, some uh, people call this your monkey mind, right? Like this, this annoying person mm-hmm. in your head that's yeah. constantly talking. In The Untethered <laughs> yeah. Soul, he does something funny, which he, he says, like, give it a, a personality you know, uh, uh, make this person like give them what does this person a oh, name? A what name, do they look but, like? Yeah. You know, uh-huh. and every time I you see, hear yeah. yourself like, oh my god, that person caught me in traffic yesterday. It's like, oh, there's the that annoying guy again talking. You know, so so you kind of get to know yourself better through studying this 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 monkey mind uh-huh. of yours. You know, it's like, why am I still thinking about? you know, uh, the, the, the person who didn't want to go to prom with me in school, like, why am I still like, what, where did that come from? You know? So, so that meditation helps with, with that. And you kind of know yourself better through that. I see. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. So last question, what gets you most excited about the future? Ah, this is something I really like, like the increase in, in, uh, in, uh, knowledge. So have you read 
David Deutsch's Beginning of Infinity. Yeah, because, yeah, they've all recommended it. Then. Yeah, yeah, I read that. Yeah, mm. that that is my favorite book, and that is the book that showed me that every problem can be solved with the right knowledge, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. that that book really changed my 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 mind, and it was great for most recommended books, and and I still reread it all the time. Mm. It, it just he he makes this really compelling argument that any problem that has happened, all evils have happened because of a, a lack of knowledge. So uh, you think about the ancient Greeks dealing with the plague, you know, before they knew about vaccines, but had they had the knowledge of vaccines, the plague wouldn't have affected them as much, you know? So, so it's an interesting thing where now you start thinking about the world in terms of problems that just need more knowledge thrown at them. So like mm-hmm. there is a cure for cancer or cancers, the different types, we just don't know it yet. So we just need that knowledge. There is a cure for whatever financial problems uh, the world is going through. We just don't know the solution yet. Yeah. You know, so the, but when you see like every problem that unless you're trying to break the laws of physics, right? So you're not going to travel faster than the speed of light. Yeah. But but unless you're breaking the laws of physics, every other problem that you can think about can be solved if you just had the right knowledge. So so then this affects this affects everything for me, which is like from a society perspective, all the problems that we're facing, we just need more knowledge thrown thrown at these problems. And but even from like an individual perspective, right? With with most recommended books, it's like I want to go from making this much money to that much money. Mm-hmm. The only reason I, I'm I'm not there yet is because I don't know how to get there yet. So how do I get that knowledge? You know, oh let's hire someone who's like a, a growth hacker or let's hire someone who's you know so someone has the knowledge. You know, so you kind of see all your problems as like lack of knowledge. Then what gets you excited is 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 finding the knowledge. So I I, I like things like AI. You know, we're we're um, we're working on because human knowledge is limited, right? So now we're we're bringing these machines to and we're building these these systems that can provide even more knowledge and uh, you know like now they're beating us at chess they're beating us at go they're, they're they're better at they're better than doctors at recognizing whether an image is an image of a tumor or not you know so to me that's exciting right we're, we're just uh, bringing more knowledge into the world to me is the, the most important thing so so that's what gets me excited that's great yeah. thank you for your time richard i <laughs> uh, have you finished your blog post about your meditation richard yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll send my reader listeners I, later too. <laughs> Once you finish, I'm staying here yeah. an extra month. Uh-huh. Every time I think I finished it, it's like I learned something new. Uh-huh. So I'm like, let me wait until I'm done with my my retreat, yes. and then I'll, I'll I'll release it. Because every time I talk to my teacher, I'm like, ah, oh, that's a really good point. Let me, you know, let me go write it down. And so so I'll just wait until I'm done with the the retreat, and then I, I can release the the blog post but still working i'll send it to you that's great i can't i can't wait to read yeah <laughs> thank you thank Camilla. you great talking to you <laughs>